0: 9-11 is one of those days that I believe I can confidently say that if, you, if you're if you over the age of probably 5, you remember 9-11 pretty vividly. It's probably one of the best days that you can remember with little effort. Um, that's kind of what I found because I'm 20, and so... You know, I was two when 9-11 happened. And I remember, the only thing I remember from 9-11 is my mom dropped me off at, um, preschool. It was in, uh, it was in, it was in Downey, uh, Trinity, Trinity Preschool. And she picked me, she had to have picked me up maybe 10 minutes later. Like I, I wasn't like, it was, it was my shortest school day ever. Um, but she picked me up and I, and, uh, I kind of just remember seeing her when she like, she just dropped me off. And I remember I was with my friends and, uh, they pretty much, we had, we had a small TV in the room, like a very small TV. And, uh, it was in the corner. It was like near the, cl- it was like near, uh, a little clubhouse that we had inside the room. And the TV was on and it was, it usually wasn't on. It was very rare. The only time it was on was if we had a, uh, is if we were watching a video or a movie. And so it was on and I just remember seeing, it was a pretty fuzzy picture. But I remember seeing smoke and buildings. That's all I really remember from the TV at that time. And so 10 minutes, you know, 10 minutes went by, you know, I was already in, I was in a, I was already in the classroom and the TV was already on. And I was like, oh, we're watching a movie. But then I saw, I was like, that, something, it just felt weird. I was like, I'm not sure what kind of movie that's supposed to be. And so ten minutes later, you know, I was playing with my friends, and ten minutes later my mom came and I was like I was just shocked and I was like, Why is she here? She picked me up and we left. And I was like, uh, okay. And that's all I remember from nine eleven. She was on the she was on the phone with my dad and it just it just felt weird. I had no clue what was going on. I just knew I I I don't want to say I knew something had happened but I I knew something was off I could just I could just tell cuz people were just acting differently I remember my teachers um you know they weren't really paying attention to us kids and I had excellent preschool teachers I mean fantastic preschool teachers but they weren't really paying they weren't paying attention to us during that little time I was there, I mean, they were, they pretty much had their backs turned to us and were looking at the TV and, you know, talking to each other. And I, I thought it was just kind of funny. And that kind of let me know that, you know, it just felt that something was off. Um, but that's my memory of 9 11. And I ask you this, this this is the common question concerning 9 11. Where were you? on 911 where were you when you had the airline hijackings and you know those planes flew into the into the twin towers it's a very it's a very sobering thing to think about but it, it just kind of fascinates me to hear people's stories concerning 9-11. Like, every time it comes around, I just, I don't know, I just, I just ask people, like, you know, do you, like, do you remember it? Most of the, most of my friends and I, mo- most of my friends don't remember it that well. They remember it like me, like they remember one segment of the day. Or they, or they admit, I, man, I don't, I don't remember at all. Um because you know i I mean my friends are only like twenty nineteen twenty twenty one that that's it, so we were like <laughs> we were like one two or three, so we really don't remember it um but yeah it's i just I just think it's interesting, and nine eleven it just it changed the world so much. I mean, it's just like, wow. It, that's just that's just absolutely crazy. So this is from Britannica.com. Um, September 11 attacks, also called 9-11 attacks, series of airline hijackings and suicide attacks committed in 2001 by 19 militants associated with the Islamic extremist group Al-Qaeda against the targets in the United States. The deadliest terror attacks on American soil in US history the attacks against New York City and Washington DC caused extensive death and destruction and triggered an enormous effort to combat terrorism some 2750 people were killed in New York 184 at the Pentagon and 40 in Pennsylvania now I'm going to I'm going to I got to be honest here um so I've, I've looked at videos and they're just so sober and like, every time I, every time I watch it, it's just like, to me, there are no, there's no video like a 9-11 video. Um, and you just look at it and it's like, oh my God, like when you see, you see all the, you see all the smoke, you see all the fires and you see people jump, some people jumping to their deaths. It's just it clears, it clears your mind, and there's nothing else you can think about, and it's just, I remember, I remember the first time I saw a 9-11 video, like, I just, like, my whole day was, like, ruined, I wasn't, like, crying, but I was just in complete and total shock, um, but I was just, like, I was just staring at this, I was just staring at the screen, and I was, like, oh, my, like, I couldn't, I was speechless, I couldn't believe what I was looking at, and I was like, "I, I just, I had no words." And I was like, "What is this?" Like, I knew what it was, but I had never looked. I had never looked at videos before, and it's just, it's just so crazy to think about, you know, what happened that day. Like, I, I can't. No, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be real here. Um, in terms of words, we're just talking about the, an enormous U.S. effort to combat terrorism. I gotta be real. I'm not one of those guys who would, would have gotten so angry that I would have just immediately joined the military. I would have been angry for sure. Definitely. Because it angers, it angers me to watch that stuff. It angers me when I see, when I see, you know, terrorist attacks at, at any place. But I wouldn't have been one of those guys who was like, you know what, I'm I'm, I'm joining the army and I'm gonna go kill those bastards. No, that it, I gotta admit, it, that would not have been me. Um. So there were, I mean, what's really sad about that day is, you know, the poli- the first responders, so police and fire departments in New York were especially hard hit. Hundreds had rushed to the scene of the attacks, and more than 400 police officers and firefighters were killed. Like, wow. Like, I can't, like, that's just... To me, that's just incredible to think about. Um. But anyway. You had that whole thing. And then I remember one thing. I remember this. This I remember vividly was the hunt for Bin Laden. And I I remember that day where he was killed. My family was in church, and we were at a night service, and uh, we were pretty much just looking. And we were, you know we were just we had pretty much church was over, and everyone was like on their phones. And at that during that moment I had I had temporarily kind of forgotten who Bin Laden was um because I was I was uh 12 at the time when when they got him and so I was just kind of like I was kind of like you know people were looking at their phones and they were saying like they were like really having like they were saying like "We, we got Bin Laden we got Bin Laden and I was just and I then I I was like Bin Laden, like, what? Like, what's that? Is that a? I, I like, I, I just it temporarily, my mind temporarily lapsed, and I was like, I have no clue who that is. But then I, but then I remembered, um, um, I first heard it from my from my pastor at at that moment, um, because I was like standing, you know, standing near him, um, and he like had his phone on, and he was like, we got Bin Laden, and he was the first person I heard say those words and then and then um and then it like and then it like hit me maybe like 5 minutes later i was like wait isn't that the guy who like did 911 and so i was like oh my god like they got him and i was like whoa and i was already pretty happy and you know i can't really imagine the joy of other americans and people around the world when it was this when we when we got him like that that's one thing you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of Barack Obama at all. I think I think he's the coolest guy to every president. Um like if there was any one president that I wish I could hang out with for a day, it'd probably be him, because I think he would just be the most fun to hang out with. Um but I'm not a big fan of him politically, but I give him credit for getting bin Laden. I mean that was that was a huge thing. You know, Bush can't say that he did it. Bush said that he'd get him. Didn't happen. But it was like, wow, like, they got him. And I just, I couldn't believe it. You know, SEAL team, you know, the SEALs did a marvelous job. And it's just, it's just absolutely crazy. So, you know, you know, just, just take a moment today and just, you know, appreciate appreciate how far we've come in america appreciate you know the sacrifices that were made that day that that have been made since um and it's just absolutely crazy to think about um yeah it's just it's just absolutely amazing um and sobering and to all the families of the first responders i just i want to say I want to, I want to indirectly say thank you. You weren't the ones who, you know, responded, but, you know, your relatives, your, you know, your husbands, your brothers, um, your, your fathers, all those people, you know, and there, there may have been some women, I'm not, I'm not sure, um, but I just, I just thank you for that sacrifice. Because it's like, because they were just trying to do their job and so many of them, you know, buildings just fell on top of them. And I just, and all that, all that smoke and all the suffering that happened, it's just, it's like, wow, man, that's, that's, that's tough. It's just, it's just absolutely, it's just absolutely tough. And I just, I'm grateful, man. I really am. All right. Um. So here is another, here's another thing that came up. So I was watching the jump um, and they were talking about Derrick Rose being in the Hall of Fame. And I thought, okay, is that, is that pretty interesting? And the question, the question was, should Derrick Rose be in the Hall of Fame? And I thought, okay, that's kind of an interesting question. And immediately without doing any research, I immediately just said, um, yes, because he wasn't, he was a guy who just, he was different. Um, this, the, the biggest accomplishment that I could think of at right at that moment was that he had, that he was rookie of the year and that he was MVP the next year. Um, I mean, he was just, he was just, actually, no, I take that back. He wasn't MVP that next year. He was MVP his third year. And so, uh, on the jump, they brought up, they brought up a list of, they brought up a list of people who had won who had won a, uh, who'd won an MVP, but had, were not yet in the hall of fame. Okay. So here we go. Uh, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, Kobe, LeBron, Derrick Rose, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, um, Giannis, and one other guy. I can't think of who it was. But I, I looked at that list and I said, okay, should those guys be in the Hall of Fame? And I, I say yes. I believe all of those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. Usually when you win, if you win an MVP, you're in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so just off of that, I would say Derek Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. He's a three-time All-Star. Uh, he was 2008, 2009 on the All-Rookie team. He won Rookie of the Year that year. Um, in 2010 2011 he was the mvp and then 2010 2011 he was all nba derrick rose i encourage i encourage the the younger part of my audience um go back and look at derrick rose before he was hurt look just look up derrick rose highlights like highlights his mvp and you you can see the trajectory that he was on i mean his career It, it hurts me to even just to talk about it because it's like, he was so good and it was like, wow, this dude, I don't, at the moment when I was watching him, I was like, I don't know where this dude came from. I didn't, I didn't realize that he was from Chicago itself. Um, but I was just looking at it and I was like, oh my God, he can play. Like he was just, he was so fast. He was so quick. So athletic, and I was just like, who is this dude? So, this is, so, this is, these are his, he was 22 when he won MVP. Um, so he, he played all 81 games. Um, he averaged 25 points, uh, one steal, seven assists, four rebounds. He was shooting 86% from the stripe. Um, but if you just watched him play, he was just so incredible to watch. So I, 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 I would say that he's, that he has to be, you got to put him in the Hall of Fame. Over his career, he's played, this is from basketballreference.com, all these stats that I'm naming. Uh, he's played 540, 546 games. He's averaged 18.8 points. Uh, 3.5 rebounds. 5.6 5.6 assists, 45.3 percent in uh, from the field, 30 uh, percent from three. He's never really been able to shoot threes. He's never been able to do that. Um, that's one of the biggest critiques. That's one of the biggest critiques concerning um, concerning him that I have. He just he was never able to shoot threes. But you know all here's the thing. All players have their downside. No player can do every single thing well. You can't, you can't name any player that did every single thing well. Um, he, you know, for his career, he shot, uh, 82.4, uh, percent from the strike, 18.1, uh, player efficiency rating, 37.2 win shares. Uh, he's, he's been absolutely fantastic. He's had he's had quite a career, and he's gone. He's had so many, he's had so many different um, obstacles, and he's 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 a different. He's a guy who's just wired differently. Um, you know, I remember. Do you remember that time where he, uh, something? I if I remember correctly, something had happened in his family. And he just like he he was he was supposed to play a game and just before they were about to like start the game, like about to go into the court, they were like I think I wanna say it was with the Knicks, but they were like, Where's Derek? And he was he was on a train by himself and he wasn't talking to anybody. And I was like, to me that's just disrespectful. Because to me, you are leaving your teammates and you you don't even okay, something here's the thing. Something can happen. But it's like let's be real. Let's actually be real. You can't do that. You can't you can't take you can't take all of these You can't you can't have this you can't have this problem. I mean, it's just it's just absolutely you you if you're going to miss work, you have to tell your employer. And that I was just and I was just trying to figure out. I was like, "Derek, your team is trying to get a hold of you. They don't know where you are. They have no idea what's happened. All they know is it's game time and we don't know where Derek is. He's supposed to be here." Is he, and they, I mean, they checked all over the arena. They checked the bathrooms. They checked the exits. They checked the parking garage. They checked everywhere. And they were trying, they were calling him and texting him, and They were like, Derek, where are you at, bro? And he didn't answer. And I was like, I'm just thinking like, Derek, you can't do that. You can't do that. You, you have, you have to let your, you have to let your, your, your coworkers, which is what you know your teammates are because you do this professionally and that's your profession so they're coworkers and it's just like wow Derek you can't be doing that so that so that's one of my biggest knocks on him he's a he's a different kind of guy but here here are some here are some of his injuries torn ACL um foot He's had he's had a foot injury, ankle injuries, back pain, sprint. He strained like his lower back. Um, he's torn his he tore the meniscus the meniscus in his right knee. Um, he's had a hip flexor, which I've heard is like pr- pretty annoying and it. I heard it doesn't hurt too much, but I'm not sure. I only know one guy who's had it, and I'm pretty sure that's how he described it um, he's hurt his hamstring multiple times, his body has just been through so much, and if you just, if you just, if you take away the ACL tear of 2012-2013, my god, just imagine where he'd be, um, so that, that's really, that's really all I can, that's really all I'm gonna say, um, concerning this whole Derrick Rose thing um but that man could play that man could absolutely ball and he was just so phenomenal and so fun to watch it was like wow how do you even do that like how do you do the stuff that he's doing and so that that's really all i got to say but um my conclusion on that matter is uh he should be in the hall of fame period now this next topic is it's controversial but I just need you to stay with me I need you to stay with me okay You're, you already—you guys already know you guys already know how I am you already know how I can how I can get with certain topics okay alright so this is so this happened in this was this is from CBS Sacramento um Tense traffic stop caught on camera. For, former sheriff says officers played it by the book. Okay. So here we go. I'll just I'll I'll just I'll just get into it. Barbershop owner Rudy Ornelas says he was pulled over last year by Sacramento Police for tinted windows, but the interaction quickly turned tense. After telling police he had to fix a ticket for the window and his front license plate, Ornelas said a gun was pointed at his head and police conducted an illegal search. Though the incident happened last year, Ornelas said he posted the video now because he says he won the case and wanted to send a message to his YouTube audience. Sacramento police confirmed the incident happened but declined to comment because it happened last year. And it's a personnel matter. Okay. Um, The video starts with Ornella saying he decided to release the viral video now because he was set up for numerous charges that were dropped. Uh, This happened in November 2018 and I just won my case uh, this month, which would be August of 2019. That's the reason I'm uploading this video, Ornella said. In the exchange, the officers asked if he had a fixed ticket for the window tent and front plate. Ornolus replied that he did have one but didn't remember when it was due. Okay, he told the officers his license is in his backpack in the trunk of the car with a registered firearm in his name. Okay, so right here, you can see. So right here you can pretty much see that he was getting a little he was pretty much he pretty much in, in this video if you watch it you can see he's getting like excited and you see he's his tone is changing and so one of the one of the uh one of the officers points their gun at him like right at his head while he's in his car. Okay, now um I am gonna I am gonna say this when you have when you're driving you do need to have you need to have immediate access to your um to your identification um it it's not supposed to be in the trunk um yeah you you can't you can't do that you you have to you have to be able to get it pretty quickly i i want to say I want to say, like, it's not even supposed to really be in the backseat. Like, it's supposed to be with you, like, pretty much in your pocket or, like, on the seat next to you and stuff like that. It's definitely not supposed to be in the trunk. Um, in the video, oh, let me go back. Um, former Sacramento County Sheriff John McGinnis looked at the video and says police played the traffic stop by the book. Former Sacramento County Sheriff John McGinnis looked at the video and says police played the traffic stop by the book. The law requires them to actually book him for driving that car on a public highway without a driver's license or any identification in its place, McGinnis said. In the video, as one officer went to the back of the car, a female officer said she didn't feel comfortable standing alone during the search. The other officer then asked Ornelas to undo his seatbelt and step out of the car. An argument escalated as Ornelas demanded to know the reason for the stop and refused to get out of the car until the supervisor was called. The female officer then stepped back and pointed her gun at Ornelas' head as he argued with her partner. Former Sheriff McGinnis says officers had every right under the law to point the gun. Uh, you've got somebody who they have a lawful reason to remove from their car. He's refusing to do so, refusing to remove his seatbelt until the supervisor gets there. That's not a luxury he has. McGinnis said it could have ended badly and it's easier to comply. Which is true. Um, the Sacramento County DA's office could not confirm what Ornelas was charged with or what charges were dropped. Ornelas still has a gun charged before the, before the courts and told CBS 13, his lawyer, advised him if he stays out of trouble for two months and takes him... 8 hour firearm safety class his charges will be dropped and his gun returned. Okay, now. Now. Okay, here comes the controversial part, but I need I'm, I need you to stay with me, okay? I want to I want to go to a key part right here where right here it says in the video as one officer went to the back of the car, it was it was a guy who went to the back of the car. A female officer said she didn't feel comfortable standing alone during the search. Some of you can already tell where I'm going with this by the tone of my voice. The other officer then asked Ornelas to undo his seatbelt and step out of the car. Okay. Now, before I say this, I'm going to read off some stats, okay? So, this is from cdc.gov. So men have an average height. This is measured average height and weight and waist circumference for adults age 20 and over. Um, so men on average are 69 inches in height, weigh 197.8, and have a waist circumference of 40.3. Okay. So that's five foot nine at 197.8. Women, um, have an average height of 5 foot 3.6 and have a weight of 170.5. Waist circumference in inches 38.7. Alright, so keep in mind what I'm saying here. Alright? so here's here's what has to be understood women it's not it's not the best idea for women to be on the field for police for police work yes that sounds controversial yes that sounds mean yes that sounds sexist but it's for the safety of of the women. Okay, I'm I'm not a big guy, but I I on average I'm taller than the average woman. I am the average woman. The average woman can't generate the same kind of power that I can generate. And if you if you've ever seen me, you know I'm a pretty I'm a pretty thin dude. Okay, this is this is from LiveScience.com. Women in combat: physical difference may mean uphill battle. Now, I understand that police officers are not doing combat, but that's that's not really the point. The point is that women. L- let me just read. The Pentagon announced last week that it would open up all positions to, in the military to women. Now, this is from 2015 in December. Okay, so I will say that. But science and history suggested the road to combat equality may be a difficult one. Um, as long as they, as long as they qualify and meet the standards, women will now be able to contribute to our mission in ways they could not before. They will be able to drive tanks, give orders, lead, lead infantry soldiers into combat. U.S. Secretary of Defense Ashton Carter said at a news conference Thursday. Okay. Now, he, he, here's what here's what I'm gonna say. Here here's what I'm gonna say. I mean, I mean this this is a, this is absolutely huge. This is absolutely huge. So what you have to understand about this stuff, and they're like, okay, that sounds fair. You have to understand the standards have been lowered so women can meet them. The, the the standards were lowered so women can so women can meet them. So, okay, this is from a different Lifetimes.com article. Sexual dimorphism is the scientific term for physical differences between males and females um of a species. Many extreme examples exist. Peacocks far outclass uh Fens. I think I think that's how I don't know P E A H E N S. I sound pretty ignorant right now, but I'm not really familiar with that word. For instance, while female anglerfish both outsize and outwit their tiny, rudimentary, parasitic male counterparts. Unlike those animals, men and women are more physically similar than we are different. Nonetheless, there are a few key distinctions in our physiques. Some of them are distinguished to teach us to teach each sex for the, for its role in reproduction while others exist to help us tell each other apart and to aid in our mutual attraction okay Th- this is very elementary but it's it's seen as controversial okay women have breasts whereas men have flat chests but still with nipples them why women are the only primates who are who are busty all the time even when they aren't nursing alternative theories exist but most scientists think breasts are an evolutionary trick for snack for snagging men though they're actually filled with fat not milk they signal a woman's bountiful ability to feed her children breasts also help men figure out who to pursue to achieve reproductive success Prepubescent girls don't have breasts, and the breasts of postmenopausal women are often shrunken and saggy. A full buoyant bosom can therefore demonstrate fertility. Uh, men aren't trying to trick women into thinking that they can breastfeed, so they don't have so they don't have breasts. They do have or have nipples. This is because the genes that code for nipple development switch in switch on in the utero, on in utero at a very early embryonic stage, even before the genes gear up, that turns us into males or females. So that's just one basic difference. Now if you guys remember from my WNBA episode, I talked about, I talked about, you know, the power that men and women can generate. And I talked about, you know, vertical jump and stuff like that. So you know, the main results of this study that were done show that males have a higher vertical jump than females due to variables such as lower body fat percentage, greater leg strength, and greater force and power production. So, women, so women, here's what I'm saying. In turn, here's the thing. If you take the gun... If you take the gun and the, I guess you could say the weapons away from the police officers. A woman is not going to stop a man. I'm, I'm going I'm to come out and say it. A woman is just not going to stop a man. It's just, it's, it's not going to happen. They can't, they can't, they physically can't, they just can't stop us. They don't they don't possess the level of testosterone in their bodies to make them think, oh, okay, well okay, so how how are we gonna stop this dude? They can't they can't produce the same amount of power. So uh here's so here's here's something here's something to look at. Okay, so men, on average, in terms of in terms of uh, jumping, their jump height, it was 39.32, 39.32 centimeters, while women was twenty one point seven five. Jump velocity was two point seven seven for men, two point zero five for women. And here's here's a huge number right here average power 2415.5 so two thousand four hundred and five, two hundred, two thousand four hundred and fifteen point five 2415.5 for men 1071.78 for women that's that's more than two time that's more than two times the amount of power that men can generate than women Women, here's, and here's, I'm going to say this. If, women, if you want to be a police officer, that's fine. Here's what I'm saying. Your bodies aren't designed and built to do those things. There's a, there's a very interesting video, which I think kind of sums up my point. Look up, there's a video of a guy who's charging through TSA And the first person he encounters is a woman. He knocks her over. And I mean, she like she is just stunned and all she can do is just like crawl after him. Like she like he she's the first person he takes and he's a he's a pretty big dude. But she just like knocked him over and she just I mean, she was plowed I'm not trying to say sexually, but I mean, she was just knocked over and just, I mean, it, it wasn't even a competition. And so what I'm saying is, I was like, women typically aren't going to be able to stop men in terms of, in terms of, of physical confrontation. Women, if you, if you want to, if you want to have this as a career, that's perfectly fine. You can do that. But I'm just saying your, our bodies are suited for certain things. Mo- that's why most men and that's why throughout history most soldiers are men because it's the ultimate fight living and dying trying to trying to kill and not be killed if you if you take if you take away social norms and oh you can't hit a woman if you take away all those things and you have men physically fight against women women would be white w- 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 would would They'd be destroyed, not fully. But it's like women—women women just have no shot. They have no shot. They can't. You—you just—you. On average, they're five three in height. And this—this this is for the U.S. These are these are stats for the U.S. Five foot three. I'm five eight and a half. I'm a pretty I'm a pretty thin dude I'm not intimidating at all. And so obviously, you know, average, this is this is so average includes everybody. So everyone 20 and over, on average, the average height of a man is five foot nine. So on average, I'm shorter than the average man. Because they're sixty-nine inches, they, they got a half inch on me. Women, it's sixty-three point six, which is five foot three, and it's a little bit over five foot three and a half. Women, this it, it it's just it's just not suited for you. This is from PewResearch.org, um, and it talks about police officers on the job, female police, female police officers on the job experiences diverge from those of male officers. Naturally. In recent decades, women have accounted for a growing share of America's police officers. But this growth has been relatively slow and women remain underrepresented in the field. They also sometimes differ sharply from male officers in their views of policing and their experiences. Women accounted for 12% of full-time local police officers in 2013, the latest data available. And this is from presearch.org. This is from January 17, 2017. The latest data available up from 8% in 1987, according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics. Women made up even smaller shares of department leadership, about 1 in 10 supervisors or managers, and just 3% of local police chiefs were women in 2013. The nationwide survey of 7,917 police officers in departments with at least 100 officers finds that many female officers think men in their department are treated better than women when it comes to assignments and promotions. About 4 in 10 female officers, 43%, say this is the case compared to just 6% of male officers. By contrast, a third of male officers say women are treated better than men when it comes to assignments and promotions in their department, but just 6% of women say this. Say this is the case. 6 in 10 male officers and half of female officers say men and women are treated about the same. When it comes to their field experiences, women are less likely to say less likely than men to say they have physically struggled with a suspect who was resisting arrest in the past month. 22% versus 35-35% of male officers. Alright. Now, here's something that needs to be looked at. When you talk about, oh, okay, well look at that. So women so women are struggling, you know, they don't struggle as often as men. Because there aren't as many women in the field as there are men. You're just I mean, the men are naturally gonna come across more more people because they're out in the field more. And here's the thing if a guy if an if an If there's a person (laughs) where there's a struggle and you have the choice between the man and the woman, the guy is usually going to take over the situation because the woman simply can't do it. Most criminals are men. And so the struggle is most commonly going to be with men. So women really don't have a shot with handling situations with physical confrontations with criminal men. They like they they fit they physically can't do it. They can't they can't do it. The, uh let's see. Six and ten female officers say they have been verbally abused by a citizen while on duty in the past month, compared with sixty nine percent of men. These differences remain when looking only at officers currently on field assignments, such as the patrol officers and detectives. Most police, 72%, say they never fired their weapon while on duty outside of required training or in a gun range. Female officers are much less likely than male officers to report that they have ever fired their weapon while on duty. 11% of women versus 30% of men. This is also significant in gender gap in attitudes on policing, with female officers less likely than their male counterparts to agree that aggressive tactics are sometimes necessary. Among female officers 48% agree that it is more useful to be aggressive than to be courteous in certain parts of the computer compared to 58% of male officers. A third of female officers but 46% of male officers agree that some people can only be brought to brought to reason the hard physical way. So what so what am I saying here? What am I saying here? Ladies, if you if you wanna be if you wanna be, you know, you wanna do stuff in criminal justice and you wanna deal with criminals and stuff like that here's what here's what I'm saying. You aren't your body's not made to do to do those things. You're and that here's the great thing about humans. We are made we are made to we're made we're made to complement each other there are certain things men can do there are certain things women can do now we do we do those things to different levels of skill men overall have been better at combat um lifting building and stuff like that and you know This may be controversial right here, but also working. Women, I mean men, tend to work more hours. Um, They're more willing to travel. Um, They work more dangerous jobs. Women are better at nurturing and caring and teaching and things like that. Our job is to complement each other. We're We're not equal in terms of ability. So, what, what has to be understood here is, you know, I'm gonna say it one more time. I, I know I'm gonna get a lot of, I know, I know I'm gonna get a lot of feedback on this one. But, okay, you can't, you can't say, you can't say this stuff about women. Here's what, yes, I can, because what I'm saying is scientifically true. It's basic math and basic science. Women, cannot they're not as strong and physically capable as men are i'm not saying women are weak they're just in general weaker than men physically that's all i'm saying if you want to if you want to if you want to do if you want to take this as a career path more power to you i thank you for your sacrifice i thank you for your For your courage, I thank you for all that. I thank you for what you do. Um, but all I'm, that's, that's really all I'm saying. It's just women, your, your bodies aren't meant and suited for law enforcement.